0: Welcome to the Tune In and Level Up podcast. I am Glenda Hovenkamp, your host, and so happy you tuned in for a few minutes of leveling up together. I love having deep conversations on meaningful topics, some spiritual, some practical. Come as you are, tune in while walking, cooking dinner, driving, or just putting your feet up at the end of the day. Here's to both of us getting some takeaways that help in our leveling up journey. Hey, listeners, this is your host, Glenda Hovenkamp. I am looking for a new list of guests for upcoming podcast episodes. I know you have some heroes in your life, some who are serving others, helping them to level up, some who have leveled up themselves. Would you be so kind as to refer them to me and suggest that they'd be a good guest on my podcast? or provide their contact information to me and I will reach out to them. Thanks so much and thanks for listening. Today my guest is Mandy Alexis. She opens her heart to us and with complete transparency and courage shares how she was a cocaine user for many years and even a dealer. But today, she is leading a clean life, productive, happy, and healthy. Find out how she did it. Stay tuned for Mandy. Good morning, Mandy. How are you?
1: Good morning. I'm doing great. How are you?
0: I'm great. Thank you so much for joining me on Tune In and Level Up. Thank you you for having me. Thank you. So I know where you are now. You look so healthy, you look happy and productive. And you've shared a little bit of your story with me. So I know that's a fact, but that wasn't the case 16-ish, maybe 19-ish years ago. So can you please share for our listeners what life was like for you all those years ago? What brought you to this point?
1: Sure, for sure. So um, I was a functioning cocaine addict for 16 years um, and so I'm actually just over three years clean now and um, but my journey with drugs did not start then it started way before then so it would have been back when I was 12 it was the very first time I um, started using, marijuana or trying marijuana, then it quickly changed into, um, drugs like mushrooms and acid and ecstasy by the time we were like 15, 16. And then of course we're experimenting with alcohol during all that time too. And by the time I was 19, then we started going to the bar and then it was cocaine. And that became like my drug of choice for many, many years. Um, and yeah, so, that had been my life for basically all of my life. And now I am a completely reinvented myself in these last three years. And I'm completely different. Uh, my life is different. And yeah, it's, it's, it's wild like how much I've been able to change over these past three years.
0: I am I have a softie when it comes to success stories. And I love transformation stories that end. Happily, and your yours is not over, but you're in the you're in a part of your life that it just looks so full of promise. So, when you say you were a functional cocaine addict or functioning, what do you mean by that?
1: So, I was still holding a job. Um, I I was like, you know, progressing in careers. Later, I was volunteering at places. Um, you know, I was maintaining relationships with my family um, and things like that. And it, like, it just, I was able to be in society and like do the, do the steps that like, you know, we're, we're meant to do. Um, And so I didn't see it as like a problem really at first for many, many years, because I was still, as I said, functioning at like, you know, um, and actually if we backtrack a little bit, I did actually Deal cocaine for about five years out of that 16 years, um, which was also a wild experience in my early 20s. You know, having I didn't have I didn't work for a couple of those years and you know, having uh, mad amounts of drugs accessible to me. I was traveling whenever I wanted to. We had like a very nice high rise apartment and uh, like on a swanky block. Um, it was a very different, different life. Obviously it wasn't a healthy life to have all these things, but, um, it was very different, um, the way I used to live.
0: Mm -hmm. So what created incentive for you to even want to change?
1: Um, I started not liking who I was, I didn't like how my brain functioned, I didn't like the relationships that I had, um, you know, they're, 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 obviously, some of my friends were in the same circle. And so the way we would interact with each other, the way, you know, it was it, like, we would see the world was very messed up, because we were always messed up. Um, so obviously there was some, like, there was some love between us and these relationships, but they were also very dysfunctional, right? Like it was, um, and I, and I honestly, I didn't like the way I started to feel like my, I, I felt like I was kind of losing my mind. And, um, I knew that if I wanted to have like the life I really desired, I was going to have to let go of everything that I have known basically forever. Mm-hmm.
0: And so. Uh, would you say that it was your addiction and your desire to be able to afford the drugs that, that drove you to
1: deal? Um, It was, it was, I guess, a mixture of things. Um, The opportunity just presented itself to me. Someone approached me who was like, um, you know, you're always at the parties and like people always ask you like, you know, it was kind of like you could pay for your habit And I was like, Oh yeah, like that sounds good. You know, like it's an expensive habit to have. And then the business just grew kind of naturally. Like I never really planned on it and stuff. Um, so that kind of just took off and I never planned to be a dealer and I definitely did not plan to keep it in my life forever. Um, but yeah, you get wrapped up in that like lifestyle, right? Like you, it's, uh, don't have to worry about money you don't have to go to a job like you can do whatever you want but like it's not a healthy way to be doing those things you know but in the in the at the time it it's it seemed fun and manageable and um it wasn't until I actually had come up with like a business idea that I wanted to do that I realized like okay like I can't have both lives like I need to to separate myself so I did stop dealing which I am very lucky that it was a very easy process for me to get out of that, because I know that's not the case for everybody. Um, I was able to just say I'm done and walk away. Um, So I'm grateful for that because it could have turned into something very messy. Um, And then I took myself out of that situation yet. I was still using as I was trying to progress myself in other ways, um, like in my life. So Mm -hmm. So
0: Mandy, I think it's your evidence of pure grace that you never got in trouble legally. Can you speak about, did you have some close calls or you just weren't yeah. even close to that?
1: Yeah, we were like, I don't know, I guess like we set rules for like, I hate to call them clients, but like, you know, we set rules for the people who were buying from us. And I was very careful, um, I don't know. I was, I was lucky, I guess. Um, uh, And yeah, I was, it was definitely scary at some points where we would be driving around with like a bunch of stuff on us and be like, it could happen now. It could happen now. And it never did. And I think, you know, obviously the fear of like that was something was always in the back of my head. And I knew that like, I never wanted to do, like I said, it forever, but no, there was never really any close calls. I did get threatened once by another um, drug dealer. He said I was on his turf, um, but then you know I just made a call, and then my boss came down, and he took care of it, and everything was fine. But yeah, it was it it's it's weird to even tell that story. It sounds like a movie, like you know, like it's like, um, but yeah. So I mean. I didn't really feel afraid in those moments because I knew like my, like I did know I had protection, but at the same time, like a, you know, something bad could have happened, you know? Mm -hmm.
0: So let's get to the good part, which is you began that transition and you talked about starting a business that was a, a, a first step out of that life. Can you take us from there to now. Tell us about your journey. And I'm really, I have in mind all the listeners who have a habit, may not be cocaine, but something that is driving them, that they are having a trouble, they're having trouble knocking, they're having trouble controlling. And you've really kind of done this your way. You didn't do it through 12-step recovery. You've had not, this is not maybe the traditional way of recovery, but you found a way that I think will give some of our listeners hope. So Share that transition and how, how you got to this point now.
1: Okay. So, yeah. So I guess the first step um, was like letting go of being a dealer. And I will admit, I was still very much into cocaine for like for years. Um, And so I had a business for a while and then um, I moved on to something else. And I went back to school, still like using, not as much, but still using. And then um, I, you know, I found another um, company that I was involved with. And then we started another business together. So, like, as I said, I wasn't worried about the addiction so much because I was still doing all these things in life. Right. Um, And then it, it was it was in my 30s where I was like, I started to realize like, oh my goodness, like, I'm not enjoying this anymore. This isn't fun. Like, you know, we're up all night and then you got to work like off, no sleep. And like, you know, it just, my brain just really felt like it wasn't functioning like it could. And even like, like my heart and soul, like, it's just like, you know, I was like slowly killing myself basically. Um, And I just decided like, Hey, enough is enough. And I started searching for a group to like, I needed something different. Right. And I stumbled upon, A group on Facebook and it was all about uplifting up others so you join the group and then one of the assignments that we had to do was create memes like motivational memes so the assignment was just take a pretty picture that you've taken it could be anything and then just plop some nice words on it so at the beginning like it was just like you know a picture of the lake and it says find your happiness like I was just start like you know and then I realized that I had this like talent for like seeing the beauty in the world. And I was able to find these really beautiful photos, like take beautiful photos. And then I would create a motivational saying or, um, um, and that matched the picture. So it really like it looked like it went together and I was posting these photos and, I was getting a lot of really awesome feedback and people just saying, like, I really needed to hear this today. And like, oh, my God, this isn't exactly the message that like was, that spoke to me. And it really inspired me to keep getting better because I was like, people need other people to help lift them. And I want to be that person. So me being a part of that group was the first thing. Me creating this motivational art. Um, and now I sell it. I have a website. Mandy Alexis motivation, where you can buy them on canvases and wood wood panels, and we're starting a line of like notebooks and everything. So that really was like the first step of me being able to to um, to get out of that life was the fact that I knew I was helping other people, mm-hmm. which is very powerful. People know that, you know. <laughs> um, so yeah, so I did dabble a little like I fell back a little bit after that finding that group like you know, I'd go months and then I'd fall back and then I'd go months and I'd fall back but I was still pushing myself and then I actually met someone and we found love and you know things were progressing and it was the it was just the way he loved me and the support he gave me and I wanted to be the woman he deserved and the woman I deserved. And it was just like, as cheesy as it may sound, like this love, like inspired me to want a better life to, for myself, for him, like me and him are no longer together, which is totally fine. Like I see that that was his purpose in my life to give me that love. I needed to love myself enough to just keep going. Right. And yeah, I, I just, I did it. I just kept, separating myself from more and more things like friends, jobs, um outings. Like I couldn't really do much because everything was involved drinking or drugs. Like we, like, you know, I'd go bowling. We would be doing rails. Like it was what, like everything. Right. So I did have a, one friend who was super supportive and she was not in the party scene and she would call me up and we would just go for walks or ice cream. So it is important to have a community or have people doing it alone. It's like humans need, need connection. Right. But I had to let go of everything that I was, everything that I knew um, all these friends and really just start again. And, and I did, I have a whole new group of amazing friends. I, started a business two years ago and I I'm doing extremely well. It gives me time freedom. I work from anywhere. I just recently moved to Costa Rica. I can do my job from there. Um, I've also done tons of healing healing is so important on the journey too, right? Like you can't just stop and then think you're going to be okay. Like I had to heal. I had to look back and be like, well, why did I start down this path? And what was I hiding from? And what did I suppress throughout all these years of usage? And I cleared out so much junk. And um, I honestly feel like I'm like a different person. I'm lighter. I'm more carefree in the sense of like, I don't hold any anxieties from way back when anymore. Like, and, and I've definitely I dove into that stuff, like self-healing along my journey as well.
0: Mm. So I know when you were sharing with us that you fell back, quote unquote, mm-hmm. what you meant was you used again. Is that right? Yeah. Well, well, I think an important share in that is that you did not let that derail you permanently. You kind of brushed, dusted yourself off. You got up, and you then you you just returned to the clean lifestyle again. So how did? Can you share how you did that? In that moment, you had an off night or whatever. You went to a party and you wound up being triggered and you used. Um, first off, congratulations for having that tenacity and the the courage to do that.
1: But how did you do that? Honestly, I would hold myself accountable. Um, I would have people around me saying, oh, it's okay. It's okay. Like it, it happens. And I would say, no, it is not okay. It is not okay because this is not the life I want. If I let this be okay, then I'll just keep doing it. So I held, I would be gentle, but firm with myself, you know, and I would just like, just wouldn't let anybody around me say it was okay. I wouldn't let myself say it was okay. I was, you know, like determined to, to get to that next level and not, and just be out of that lifestyle for sh- forever. So every single time it only happened, maybe stumbled back like four times throughout my, like when I had finally decided. Right. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I held myself accountable. I would, you know, separate myself even more. I'd be like, okay, like clearly I'm not ready to be in those scenes. Like I looked at the patterns and yeah, I, I, I just made sure that I was very careful with who I spent my time with and, you know, what I was doing. And I would very much, I would like journal about it. Like I wanted to make sure that like I was getting all my emotions out and understanding myself, understanding my surroundings. Um, I would continue to go to healing sessions, especially like, you know, to make sure that, you know, I'm keeping on top of taking care of myself in, in more empowering way. Um, So, yeah that's what I would do. (laughs) (laughs) So
0: what's it like to be clean? What's your life like now? Tell me what, what, what's
1: your life like? It's beautiful. Like, honestly, it's, it's so intense to me, um, to think like I was that person for so long. Oh, I'm going to cry, but I don't remember. I don't really remember her. Like it just, it feels like as feels so freeing. Like, and it's like, I have my whole life ahead of me and I can just, The fact that like I could get out of that, like, I know I can do anything and anyone can do anything. We all have the power within us. We are, we are magical beings. We are powerful beings and we can escape lives that we are not happy with. We are not here to suffer. I do not believe that we're put on earth and here to suffer. Yes, we need to go through challenges, and we need to go through pain and everything. But we're not here to just survive. We're here to thrive, and we we have it within us to do so.
0: Mm. Can you share your daily practices that support your health and well being now?
1: Yes, yes, I can. So um, I always start my morning with listening to some type of like and. Um, Meditation, and/or I do like affirmations. Like I always start by getting my brain to a positive state. Um, It's very important too because when we first wake up, our brains are most like active in the sense of like what we're taking in. So if we're picking up our phones and looking at like negative news, well, there's your day. Like you know, so I always make sure to start off positive. So I am affirmations or gratitude um, video and stuff. Um, I drink lots of water, to be honest. That's very important to me. Um, I work out. Um, I pract- I do tapping exercises. I'm not sure if you're familiar with that tapping. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, to help when I'm feeling a little anxious or frustrated and things like that. I'm constantly trying to learn new things, keeping my brain very active. So um, I listen to a lot of podcasts to learn about things and very much into, in tune with my spiritual side, So I do different healing modalities when it comes to, um, energies. So I've done, do crystal healing. I've done Reiki. I've done bars clearing. Um, one of my, like, like one of the bigger healings around that have helped me was like, it's a, it's a deep energy healing where, um, you go back to like, when you're like, talk to your child self, like yourself now talk to your child self and really help like clear those out. So whenever if anything comes up that I'm not sure where it's coming from, then I do those types of healings. Um, I make sure to spend lots of time in nature. Yeah. I don't know. I, I, I think kind of cover the most of it. <laughs> well, I journal, I journal a lot. I love to journal. I think it's important to get out like your emotions and, you know, understand yourself and be aware of like what's happening within you.
0: And your art actually uplifts you and makes you feel better and you love connecting with your creativity.
1: Mm -hmm. I love that. I write poems sometimes, too. And yeah, I love taking photos and and putting together this art. I haven't had any new things up yet. To be honest, most of my art has been taken in Costa Rica because I did travel back and forth um, for a few years which also really did help with my healing, getting into like a new environment and new people and, you know, new experiences. Um, I know not everyone can, can just up and leave, but even finding new things within your hometown, because there's lots, there are so many things to do out there. And we have, you know, you just type it in and you find it. Like we have no excuse of like, there's nothing to do. There's nothing to do. Well,
0: yeah. It <laughs> <laughs> can make us feel one dimensional. Like there's just drugs, drugs, partying. Mm-hmm. I didn't have that addiction, but I've, I've loved some addicts that were into alcohol and I certainly have my own isms. Um, I have been affected by the family disease of alcoholism. So I've, i, I I, I know a little bit about it, but I just think it's amazing. You are amazing. And um, so in closing, uh, before we you say goodbye to our listeners, is there anything you want to share from the heart or any encouragement or words of advice?
1: Yeah. I just want everyone to really understand that like, you can make whatever changes you want. We are in control of our lives more than we may think. Um And it's just one step at a time, you know, don't take it all on at once. Um, You know, you, you just gradually and before you know it, it will be your new life. But don't give up on yourself. Don't don't think you can't have it because it's been this way for so long and, you know, like. If, if financially it's an issue, like there is so much, there is a lot of free help out there. When I started off my healing journey, I did a lot of it through YouTube because I didn't have the financials to go out and get the healing personally. Um, and we do have, you know, a lot of support groups that are also free, but just don't give up on yourselves know you can do anything like, you know, and, and reach out for new, new friends and new support. If the ones you have are the ones that are holding you back. And it is, it is challenging to say goodbye to something that you've known for a long time, even if you know it's unhealthy, but the reward in the end is so worth it.
0: Mm. Those are powerful words. So Mandy You can be found at mandyalexismotivation.ca, not com, but .ca. This will be in the show notes. And I am so grateful for your time and so, so proud of you. I just, I know happy things are ahead for you. And thank you for your courage and your transparency and sharing with our listeners.
1: Well, thank you so much for having me on your show and letting me share with my story and hopefully inspire others to go out and, and get the life they want.
0: I'm with you on that. Thank you. Welcome. Thank you for joining me for this episode of Tune In and Level Up. Please come back. Until next time, let's make every day and every opportunity count.